Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Well, the Bible reading uh, this, this morning is from Haggai chapter 1 and then verses 1 to 15. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of jo- Josedach, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but you have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, But see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains a room, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, Joshua, the son of Josedach, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedach, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. On the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Pressures, demands, and expectations push in from all sides and assault our diaries. Be there, do this, finish that, call them. It seems as though everybody wants something from us. And and we just seem to be rushing through life, attending to the, the, the necessary, the immediate, and the urgent, while all too often the important gets left behind in the dust. 
Our problem is not the volume of demands or our lack of, of scheduling skill. Our problem is our values. What's important to us? Our priorities. And during these COVID times with all the everything being in a flux, all the disruption and the constant change, it's so easy to get out of sync and to get out of the flow and to lose our priorities. Two thousand five hundred years ago, a voice was heard calling men and women back to right priorities. And we read in Haggai chapter one and verse one in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. To Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedak, the high priest. Now, in order to, to truly understand this prophecy, we need to understand something of the background and the context. Israel was God's chosen people. And it was through Israel that God was going to work out his plans of salvation in the world. And so God entered a covenant with Israel. And if Israel was to obey God and honor God and do God's will, then God would bless Israel. And Israel would become a light to the nations, an example to the nations. But if, but if Israel disobeyed God, then God would curse Israel. And Israel had a bit of a bumpy ride. Their, their relationship with God was a bit of a bumpy relationship. They had their good days. They had their bad days. But by far and large, they tried to please God and honor God and do God's will. The height of Israel's relationship with God was during the reign of King David and King Solomon. And it was during this time that God was truly blessing Israel. They had a very strong military. They had a very strong economy. Their borders were the biggest they'd ever been. And it was during this time that Solomon decided to build this massive temple for God. Up until this point, the Ark of the Covenant, which, which represented the very presence of God, used to live in a big tent called the, the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. Because this was the place where the Israelites could go into the presence of God and meet with God. But now Solomon came up with this great idea to, to build this massive temple for God. But then 400 years later, the Israelites turned their backs on God and they started doing things their own way. And as a result, God brought a curse upon them and they were sent into exile. In the year 587 BC, the Babylonians invaded Israel, they invaded Jerusalem, uh, and they defeated Jerusalem. Jerusalem was completely destroyed, and the temple lay in ruins. 
and the Jews, the people from Judah, the people from Jerusalem, were led off into captivity in exile over a thousand miles away to ancient Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. But then, in 538 BC, the international scene changed abruptly when suddenly Persia became the new superpower. And Cyrus, the king of Persia, defeated the Babylonians and he issued a decree allowing all the exiles to return to their homeland and to become self-governed vassal states of Persia. Therefore, under the leadership of Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest, nearly 50,000 Jews returned from Babylon to Jerusalem. The first thing they did was to to build an altar on the very ruins of the previous temple so that they could make a sacrifice and worship God. They then began to rebuild the temple. They laid the foundations for what would later be called the second temple. But although they started with the right attitude, they soon slipped back into bad behavior. They lost their priorities. They forgot their purpose. And apathy brought the work to a standstill for 15 years. 15 years later, when Darius was now the new king of Persia, God spoke. He spoke through the prophet Hagar, and he spoke to the governor, Zerubbabel, and to the high priest, Joshua. And indirectly, he was speaking to all the Jews who had returned to Jerusalem. And we read in verse 2, This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, The sure fact that God refers to them as these people rather than my people is a rebuke in itself. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. They were claiming that the time wasn't right and that's why they hadn't rebuilt the temple. Now, we don't know exactly what they meant by that. Perhaps they were waiting for more political stability or more economic stability. Today, perhaps people are waiting for more COVID stability. But what Hagar would respond, or any thoughtful Christian would respond, the response to that is simply to say, If you are waiting for the time to be just right before you do anything for God, before you build the house of God, do anything for God, then you will never do anything for God. That the time is really ever just right to do the work of God. 
As long as you are claiming that you are waiting for the time to be just right, you are merely making an excuse to do nothing. God, I have a response in verse 4. God says, is it a time, with a question, he, he asks this rhetorical question, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? The implied answer is obvious. No. No. Isn't it funny how, how the time wasn't right for them to build the house for God, but the time was just fine for them to build their own paneled houses. And the phrase paneled house implies luxury and comfort. These weren't ordinary houses. These were luxury paneled houses. And the phrase paneled house also implies that it's complete, which is in contrast to the, the temple which lay in ruins. And the temple was meant to be the place where they would meet with God. The temple was a symbol of God's presence living with them, dwelling with them. The fact that they had not built the temple of God, but had, had, had built these wonderful, comfortable, luxurious, paneled houses for themselves, revealed their attitude. They didn't care whether God was living amongst them or not. Their, their actions revealed their priorities. They were more concerned about their own comfort than they were about their relationship with God. And so God says in verse 5, Give careful thought to your ways. Consider your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Now, it's not that they lacked food or drink or clothes or money. I mean, after all, they're living in paneled houses. They weren't lacking these things, but these things failed to satisfy them. They were, they were just left with a thirst and a hunger for more. They remained dissatisfied. Why? Well, why, why did these things not satisfy them? Well, we told in verse 9, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty. This is the question. Why? Here is the answer. Because my house, which remains in a ruin, which, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. 
The reason why these things weren't satisfying them was because they had incorrect priorities. They were more concerned about their own comfort than they were about their relationship with God. And as a result of that, they felt dissatisfied. And they didn't even know why. You see, it's only when we put God first in our life. It's only when God has priority in our life that all these other things will start to satisfy us. If God is not coming first in our life, all these other things will fail to satisfy us. If, if our priority is to be at the top of the career ladder, it will never satisfy you. If your aim is to make more and more money, it will never satisfy you. If your aim is to have a lovely house and all this nice stuff, it will never satisfy you. These sins will never satisfy us unless God comes first. If God has priority in our life, then all these sins, we will find true satisfaction in all these sins. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to get more money or we're going to get a promotion at work or we're going to get more stuff. No, we're still going to have the same stuff. But when God comes first in our life, we start to experience true satisfaction with all the stuff we already have and all the things we are already doing. Sometimes people say, I'm feeling less satisfied. I feel dissatisfied. I'm working hard. I'm working longer hours, but I'm still behind in the bills. Perhaps God is trying to get your attention. You see, if we're not going to listen to God and hear God calling us back to himself when we read in the Bible, then God will start speaking to us at the checkout counter at the supermarket. He will start shouting out to us through our dissatisfaction with our job or our life's achievements. Because if we don't put God first in our life, there are consequences. We will feel dissatisfied. So let's consider our ways. Also take note that they were too busy, too busy for God. They were too busy with their luxurious, comfortable, paneled homes that they had no time for God. Are you too busy for God? If you're too busy for God, then you're too busy. We need to be spending time with God. We need to be listening to God. We need to be speaking to God. So only when we're putting God first, that we will experience real fruitfulness in our walk with God and in our life. So let's consider our ways. We then read in verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, Joshua, the son of Josedach, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. 
and the message that the prophet, the prophet Hagar, because the Lord God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. They obeyed the voice of God. Don't you wish you would hear that more often? People obeying the voice of God. And in verse 8, we're told what they did. It says, Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And then we read in verse 14 and 15, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, the governor of Judah, and then the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. And they came, and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Now, we are not called to build a physical, literal temple. Uh, we, we know that the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 24 that God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, for we are the temple of the living God and God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And so God lives in us by his Holy Spirit. So we're not called to build a physical, literal temple, but we can still build the house of God figuratively. We can still do good things, mighty things, wonderful things for God. We can still do stuff for God by pleasing and honoring God, by listening to God. Listening to God, hearing God, and not just rushing after and doing our own plans. By obeying God, by doing more God, being more God, being more like Jesus, less of ourselves and more like Jesus, being selfless like Jesus, putting others first and loving others. By having right priorities in life. By allowing God to determine what's really important in our life. By seeing things from God's perspective, from the perspective of eternity. And when we start doing all of this, we will start to feel truly satisfied. So let's consider our ways. Are we living in paneled houses while God's house is in ruins? Are we too busy for God? Do we listen to God? Or do we just go ahead with our own plans? Are we more concerned about our comfort than our relationship with God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that so often we do lose our priorities. We get so caught up in, in the busyness of life and we end up looking after and be more concerned about our paneled homes 
than we are about your house. Won't you forgive us? And as we start this new year, 2022, Father, help us to put you first, to seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness first, knowing that you will give everything else. And so, Father, we pray that in the same way that you stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, in the same way you stirred up the spirit of Joshua and the whole remnant, Father, we pray right now that by your Holy Spirit you would stir up our spirits to obey you, to seek you, and to give you first place in our life. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.